Welcome to The Porch Cast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of The Porch Cast. I just wanted to take a second to talk about our program, Danger School, where we teach you how to grow the four pillars of your creative business so you can chase your dreams while funding your dreams, paying your bills, and growing in community with freedom and abundance. This is an online course with so much great information to help you raise your prices, um, implement proven frameworks for launching and growing, tracking your finances, and much, much more. If you are interested in joining Danger School, you can sign up anytime at dangerschool.com and read more all about what the course includes and how you can become a part of this community. We look forward to having you. And now here's the show. Welcome back to the Porchcast. I am so excited. It's November, which we've been talking about. It's November. So Jenna Henderson is here. We are talking about saying no, having boundaries. She is a friend. She's also a coach and a photographer, um, film photographer, mom, just an awesome person to know. So make sure you check out Jenna and her coaching and the different um, things that she has to offer. Uh, around saying no and boundaries and running a business on your terms. Um, but I'm excited to have you here, Jenna. How are you doing today? Woo! I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see her reels. If there's anything that like I look forward to on Instagram, it's Jenna's reels and making fun of the office and all the things <laughs> that you do. It's Listen, so I've been having a lot of fun with the reels. Like fun is something I value and and so they've, it's been a good way to be really silly online and just to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, going with our theme of November, and actually this is a theme in my own life too because I really struggle with saying no. And it's not even that I um, – it's not that I am afraid of someone being upset if I say no. It's I, I just get excited and I don't think through – what saying yes to something is going to mean for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and all the things that that's going to maybe stress or, or, you know, encroach upon if I try to fit all these things in all the cracks. And, and you and I, we work with a bunch of photographers and I feel like photographers in general really struggle with this topic yeah. of saying no, having boundaries setting realistic expectations, and you are the master at this. So I don't know if there's anything you want to say around this topic, what, you, what you're really passionate about teaching people and what we're going to kind of jump in today and workshop, because I'm, I'm pumped to kind of work through this with you. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's important to recognize that as small business owners, we have a lot working against us when it comes to boundaries. Um, First of all, we are usually the only ones in our business, and we're the face of our business, and we're the ones on social media for our business. And so publicly, there's sometimes is very little separation between us as a person and us as a business. And, And so right out of the gate, boundaries become difficult for that reason. We also work at home. And so to separate work from home becomes difficult. I think also as women, sometimes that makes boundaries even more difficult because, you know, there's some societal expectations that women are just here to serve. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be accommodating and all these things, right? All of that. (laughs) Technology makes it hard. You know, I don't know about you, but my phone is never more than like three feet away from me. And, 
And I have probably five or six apps where someone can make a notification pop up. And so any random person on the world can like steal my attention and ask a question within three feet of me. And and so all of that working against us, you know, and then photographers ourselves, I think we have an added layer of difficult boundaries because we are often invited across other people's normal boundaries because people are getting in front of the camera, they're feeling vulnerable, you know, wedding photographers photograph brides when they're nervous or changing boudoir photographers, new moms, you know, people are in various states of undress in all of these moments. And so for us to be invited across our clients' boundaries, sometimes they forget that it's not necessarily a two-way street. So all of that just adds up to make boundaries hard. It makes it hard to say no for for any number of reasons. Um, Partially, maybe fear, partially what you touched on about, like you just want to say yes, it's fun and exciting. And so we just have to remember that we've got a lot working against us and be very intentional about setting boundaries and keeping them. Totally, totally. What's a good sign? Because sometimes I don't realize I need a boundary until one's been crossed. Like what's a good sign that your boundaries are being crossed or you need to, um, you need to change something in your communication or your business? Well, it's usually a lesson that's been learned that we have to start setting boundaries. That's that's usually the easiest way is we say yes to something and then we start to have the ugh kind of feeling like, ugh, uh, I wish I wasn't doing this. Ugh, I don't actually want to say yes to this. Ugh, I wish I was doing something else. And that's an indication that whatever we just said yes to is something that moving forward, we probably don't need to do again. Um, and so... You know, just checking in with ourselves and when we say yes, if it feels really good and we are really excited or if when we say yes, we're like, yes, but or yeah, okay, or if it's not an enthusiastic yes and there's some kind of but or lingering nagging feeling, pay attention to that because that's that's a good indication that something's going on where you don't actually want to say yes. You want to say no and and we got to work through that and figure out what that is. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think we think, oh, saying no is mean. But then when I think about it, I think being on the other side of it, I don't want someone to say yes to me that doesn't really want to do something, you know, like when, oh, yeah. when I, when I ask someone and if they, when I won't ask someone for a job or, you know, like, do you want this job? Do you want to work with me? Do you want to do this thing? I want it to be like a enthusiastic yes. And so if I know someone's not being honest with their yeses and their noes, that doesn't feel good for the other person either. So saying no actually is really loving, right? Yes. Setting boundaries, saying no helps us serve our clients better. Because the truth is, we know what is best for our clients. Nine times out of 10, we know like what our clients need. I can give an example real quick. So um, I had a um, elopement, a micro wedding. And she, as time went on, was adding things to her wedding. It was going to just be two people, then it was 10, then it grew to 50. And her timeline was very short and she was trying to cram a whole bunch of things into this very short timeline. And so we, she called and we talked through it, we talked through it. And ultimately what happened was I had to tell her no. I had to say, you can't do this. Um, and, and she wanted these things. She wanted me to be there to cover all of these things, but with the package that she had booked and, and the scenario that it was, it wasn't going to work. And so I explained to her, I was like, listen, it barely works on paper. It's not going to work in real life. I know 16 years of wedding photography. I know something's going to happen and this is not going to work. And what will happen then when this doesn't work is you're going to be upset. You're going to be upset because you're going to 
not get what you were promised. You're going to be upset because you're feeling rushed. You're going to be upset for any number of reasons, and that's going to have an effect on your experience on your wedding day. I don't want you to feel like that. It's going to have an ex- you know, it's going to have an effect on how your photos come out. It's going to read on your face. I don't want you to hate your photos because you look upset. And so as much as I'd like to say yes to this, I'm going to have to tell you no. And this is what we can do instead. And and you're going to have a better experience. You're going to have better photos. I'm going to be able to serve you better if we follow this timeline. And, And ultimately, that was a hard phone call to have. But I set the boundary. She agreed. And and she thanked me later when everything went to hell <laughs> later, just as I predicted, she thanked me. And she was like, you were right. And I'm glad we did it like this. So yeah, boundaries ultimately help us serve our clients better. Totally, totally. But where do you see people get tripped up with saying no? Because I think maybe it's not something we're super practiced at, or we feel awkward doing, and it just comes out all jumbled. Like, what do you think it is? Is it the knowing when to say no, the experience of knowing when to say no, or is it in communicating the actual thing? Like what is it? Or maybe it's all of the above, really. It's all of the above. It's all of the above. It's all of it. (laughs) nobody teaches us how to say no. Like in school, they teach you how to write an essay, but they don't teach you how to say no or set a boundary. And so we just don't, we just don't know how. And I think there's a, uh, at the root of a lot of having difficulty saying no is fear and fear of all kinds of things. Fear of judgment, fear of abandonment, fear of failure, fear of retaliation, like, oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to leave a bad review. They're not going to book with me. They're going to badmouth me. You know, all of those things we have a fear of. We're going to, fear of disappointment. We're going to disappoint them. They're going to be mad at me. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a huge one. And so um, I think in order to protect ourselves from those fear, we just want to say yes. And so we wind up people pleasing. We just want them to be happy. We just want them to be pleased. And so we give in and we say yes to it anything that they're asking for, but people-pleasing serves nobody. People-pleasing pleases nobody because we're not, when we do that, we're not serving our client to the best of our ability. So they're ultimately not going to be pleased. And then we're not serving ourselves and, and nobody winds up happy in that situation. Totally. Yeah. And I also see people doing this when they've, they've maybe raised their prices and they're like, oh, well, then I need to bend over backwards for this person, have no mm-hmm. boundaries, set no limits because I'm charging so much money mm-hmm. um, instead of kind of the opposite of boundaries still apply even if you raise your prices, all of, all of the above. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think boundaries even are more expected. The higher end that you get, you know, I think people expect you to have certain terms. You know, they're paying you a lot of money because they want to work with you and your expertise and they expect you to know your shit and know what your terms are and how you're going to be working. And so to, you know, raise our prices to a higher level and not raise ourselves and how we present ourselves to that level as well. And instead going backwards, it doesn't work out. Totally. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, Well, you are so good at helping people learn how to communicate boundaries, how to communicate no. Is there any of this that can be avoided by communicating it better on the front end? And if so, like, what does that look like? Yes, that is all about managing expectations. And the more we can communicate our terms on the front end, and the more that we can be very clear and intentional about that, the fewer problems we'll have later. That's a way for us to say, look, here I am. These are my terms. Work with me on my terms or don't work with me. 
and and being comfortable with saying that and knowing what they are, it, that prevents those problems later. So we don't have those questions asked, and we don't have people pushing up against our boundaries because they know they come into it working with us, and they know what to expect. And that starts, I think, with values. I know you talk a lot about core values, and to start with our values and know what we value and know what kind of business we're building, and then build intentionally from that place. So, like an example, um, I think a lot of us who are small business owners who are moms value family. I think that's probably in the top five of yeah. most. Most people's values is family. So if I start with that value, I think about my family. I think about the time I want to spend with them. I think about their schedules, my schedule, all of these things. And I've got school-age kids. I've got, well, one's not quite in kindergarten, but my other one's a fourth grader. And so um, they're at school, you know, Monday through Friday, they're at school. And so Saturday and Sunday are our days to be home, all four of us as a family. My husband works, I work. So through the week, we're gone, but on the weekends, we're home. And so as a photographer, I'll have clients request to book on Sundays often because it makes sense. Their you know, families are also home from school and work, and, and that's their day off. And, and so they want to book shoots on Saturdays and Sundays. And if I said yes to that, then that would put me down to one day a week when it's just the four of us getting to hang out. And zero days a week if I had a wedding on Saturday. And so to start with that value and say, listen, Sunday is my day to be with my family. We're going to do family things. We're going to take a nap together. We're going to go on an adventure together. We're going to do nothing together, whatever. We're just going to do it together. To start with that value means that ahead of time, I'm going to set a policy. I'm going to set a term and say, I don't shoot on Sundays, period. I'm just not going to do it. And so when a client asks, oh, can we book on this day? If I'm already practiced at saying I don't shoot on Sundays, it's a very simple. I don't have to actually say no. I can just say, oh, I don't shoot on Sundays. How about Friday instead? Or offer a different day. And that, I think, helps because we have already been very intentional about that boundary and about communicating it ahead of time. And that way people know what our terms are and and they can make the choice to work with us on our terms or not work with us. It puts the ball on their court, takes the responsibility off of us and onto our clients. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good example. And I think really hard for a lot of photographers because the weekends are those big times where you want to make money. But also most people got into this business to prioritize their family and their time and their freedom. And it's so easy to get off kilter by saying yes to the wrong things. Instead Absolutely. Of- Instead of saying, seeing that and saying, like, you actually did say yes, you said yes to your family, to time together, mm-hmm. to, you know, these other things that are really important to you. Yeah, you made a great point that most of us got into this business because we wanted freedom and flexibility. We wanted the, fle- you know, time freedom and flexibility to be there for our kids and be there for our family. And then what happens is we get to this place of fear and uh, we aren't able to set our terms. And then we don't have that freedom and flexibility that we wanted because we've just said yes to everything trying to build this business. And and that just gets us to a place of burnout And our business isn't sustainable like that. Totally, totally. And in that vein, I've I've found that um, scheduling software can be really helpful too because Mm -hmm. you can go in ahead of time Mm -hmm. and set when you're working, set when you're not working, set when you're taking photo shoots or coaching calls and set aside 
certain days off. That's helpful for me as someone with yeah. not great boundaries most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you set your terms and then you communicate them. So you set them. You set your schedule. You set your office hours or whatever, and then you communicate them anywhere that you can. You put them in your software schedule. You put them on your website. You put them in your email signature. You mention it in your Instagram bio. Like you. Anytime anyone asks, you're like, well, here's my schedule. Like you've already said it and then you communicate it and then they can work with you on that. Totally. Totally. Okay. So what are some things, what are some things to avoid when you're trying to say no? Like what are some common things people do that maybe don't come off the way they want it to or sound wishy-washy? Like what are some things to not do when you're trying to say no or turn down something politely? Well, first, I think a lot of us start uh, apologizing. We just are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. And right away by apologizing, it puts us in this position of weakness almost because it makes us look like we've done something wrong. But there's nothing wrong with the way that we choose to run our business. And and we have to remember that. And And clients might you know, think that we need to do it one way or the other, but it's none of their business how we run our business. Like we choose to do it how we want to, and we choose to do it intentionally, and and for our, we choose to do it around what we value. And so, to remember that we don't have to say sorry for that, we don't have to apologize for that. We we just don't. And so, to get out of the habit of immediately saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry," when we respond to an email, even when it's like, "So sorry, it took me so long to reply." No, it just. Hello, thank you for your email. Like, let me reply to you now. We don't have to apologize for it. And then following that apology, what I see so many people doing often is over-justifying. So whatever decision they've made, they then want to over-justify why they made it. Um, someone like this came into my DMs this week. Someone was like, um, they, a client needs to cancel They've paid their retainer, but um, the retainer's not refundable. Here's the reply that I've um, typed. Tell me what you think. And in this reply, it was like, um, I'm so sorry. I can't give you back the retainer. It's state-specific, and, and I've already turned away work for that day. And in addition to that, there's also um, processing fees and, and studio management software fees and, and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, don't. Just, just say the retainer's not refundable, period in the sentence there. Because when we start to justify, I think it really kind of opens us up um, to having that picked apart. I think that opens us up to being like, well, transaction fees are only 3%. So what if you refund me everything but 3%? Or all of, you know, like something. like like, It it opens us up and, and it makes it about us versus our clients. So again, we're not serving you know, we're not coming from a place of service where people like to, people are inherently selfish sometimes and they just want it to be about them. And so to make it about us, it does not make it well received, I think. And so that's that's something that I, I wish that photographers, business owners would stop doing is just trying to justify. And, right. and these posts have floated around on Instagram for a long time, like, the reason photography costs so much. Oh, we've got equipment. We've got this. We've got that. We've got this. And I'm like, yes, all those things are true, but we don't have to justify our prices. Like, yeah. whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You you, you have your cost of doing business, sure, but that doesn't matter to our client, and, and you don't have to justify your price. I agree. And in a lot of ways, I think that can cheapen it, too, because you're breaking it down into the expenses instead of 
you're hiring an artist, like you're, you're hiring someone for their expertise, not for what gear they have or how long it takes them to do what they're doing. Like you're hiring, you're hiring their reputation and their, their artistry. Yes, absolutely. The other thing floating around that I, I have a little bit of an issue with, and I'm interested to see what you think is the, um, the apologies on Instagram of, oh, this is how long my turnaround is. No. I'm so sorry. Thanks for your patience. I, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Just tell people, like, what, what do you tell people to do? Or what do you think when you see that come up? Uh, yes, it makes me cringe, honestly. Like, or I see, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on anybody's toes, but like when people list out their editing queue, it's like um, couple A and couple B and couple C, you're up next. It's like, no, be- because this is putting you in a position to fail really easily. Because what if something happens and then you're delayed a day? And then now they're pissed, like, because you said it was going to be on this day, you said it on your social media, and then something happens, and and now you can't deliver. And so you have overpromised and underdelivered, basically. So it goes back to the idea of managing expectations. We set very clear expectations with our clients individually. We do not need to post it publicly. We say, hey, client... Thank you for booking your session. You know, at the session, when they book, we tell them it's going to be eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever your turnaround time is, just go ahead and double it. Just do it. Just double it. And then we say um, at the booking okay, or, or, or at the session, hey, thanks so much. You'll hear from me in eight weeks. And then we send the follow-up email. Hey, had a great time today. Look for an email from me in eight weeks, eight weeks, eight weeks. And and for me, I say eight weeks because my typical turnaround time is four. You know, I'm a film photographer. And so usually I'll let film sit on my desk for a couple of days until I've got enough to ship off. It'll ship off. It takes a couple of days. They'll scan it and take a couple of days, gets back to me a couple of days. You know, it adds up to three or four weeks. And so on average, I'm able to deliver images in about three or four weeks. But what happens when I have a sick kid? It's happened. It's thrown me off a week. What about when I've been sick? That's happened. Throw me off a week. What about when an ice storm comes in and shuts down the power and we're stuck at home for a week? Also happened. Like all of these things have happened that has thrown me off of my schedule and it's made my turnaround time be five weeks instead of four, but my client is still expecting eight. And so whether I delivered in four or five or six or seven, I'm still delivering it early. Even if it takes me double, I'm still delivering it early for them. And so they're not sitting there breathing down my neck saying, when are these coming? When are these coming? When are these coming? You know, I set my terms and I communicated them and then they knew what to expect. And then I delivered above and beyond them. Totally. There's a phrase, um, under promise, over deliver, which I like, but I also kind of like the phrase promise deliver. You know, I I like kind of beating expectations a little bit, but we don't want to over-deliver to the point that we are devaluing ourselves. And so sometimes we have to just remember promise-deliver. We say what we're going to do and we do it. I agree. I think not doing what you say hurts your reputation really quickly, but I also think pushing yourself to always over-deliver leads to burnout, leads to undervaluing what you do leads to unreasonable expectations because then you have someone being like, well, their friend got their photos in four weeks. Where are mine? You know? Um, yeah. So yeah. I love, I love that of just being like, it is okay to deliver mm-hmm. on your turnaround that you say. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And and one of my coaching clients this year, like she had been saying two weeks because she thought that's what she should say. She thought that's what clients expected. That's what the industry standard was, all these reasons. And I, and it was killing her. She's like, she kept delivering late. It would be two weeks in a day. Her clients would be like, where are my images? Where are my images? And I was like, why are we saying two weeks? If you can't get it done in two weeks, or if you're barely getting it done in two weeks, why are you doing that to yourself? You are the boss. You can say how long it's going to take. It does not matter what anybody else is doing, what you think anybody else is doing, what you think you should do. No, you do it based on what works for you. You're the boss of the business. You run it how you want. And so she doubled her time, what that she told clients. She's been delivering everything on time. Nobody's been asking her anything. Life just got easier from it. One small change. Totally, totally. And that text or that email after a session to remind them or a wedding to remind them what they can expect, life-changing. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And something else, and maybe this is off-topic, um, but something else I've been seeing a lot of photographers struggle with right now, especially in the busy season, is sneak peeks. Um, and I'm kind of like, let's break up with sneak peeks. It's time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's because if you are trying to work as efficiently and quickly as possible, and you have to go through and you pick out these sneak peeks, and then you have to go back through and call it all, why not just call it all? Well, like, why not just do the whole thing? And instead of like going through and picking out a handful and then going back to like, and so stopping and thinking about those things in our workflow and and saying, well, why am I actually doing this? Like, is it serving me? Is it serving my clients? Or is it something that I think I'm supposed to do? And sneak peeks, I feel like if we stopped and questioned them, them a little bit, some people might have, you know, good, legitimate, valid reasons for doing them. But a lot of us might be doing them just because we think clients expect them or because that's what we should do, because that's what everybody else does. And that does not work for me. I have not done sneak peeks in years, years. Number one, because I shoot film. And I can't. But even before I was shooting film, like I stopped doing the sneak peeks because I caught myself like putting this pressure on my shoulders to sit down after a wedding when I was already exhausted and I didn't want to touch it to go through all of these images to try to find a handful. And I'm like, I just went through this entire wedding to pick out 10. Why did I not just pick out the whole thing? And if I've picked out the whole thing, then it's done. And then I'm done. And instead of delivering 10 sneak peeks, I could just deliver the whole wedding. And so that was something that like when I stopped and questioned why I was doing it, I was only doing it because I thought I should. And, And it wasn't from a place of intention. It wasn't from a place of service. And so stopping and saying that. And so now I communicate that, you know, when I say to clients, hey, you can expect your images in, in eight weeks. You're not going to have any sneak peeks from me before then. I will email your, your full gallery. And they say, okay. And because I've laid out my terms, I've said, this is it. These are my boundaries. These are my terms. Work with me on my terms or don't work with me. And when they say, okay, we want a book, then I know that they're on board. Totally, totally. And then it, I've had a couple instances where I'm kind of the client on the other end, not with photography, but hiring someone else. And um, if the if you're not communicated with clearly, like when will you hear back from this person? When will they show up to do the work? Did they receive your email? Then you're kind of left feeling like I don't want to bother this person, but I also haven't heard from them in two weeks, and I don't know when I'm supposed to hear from them. And it just puts the, your client in a tough place. Whereas if you mm-hmm. 
all that person would have had to say is like, Hey, I'm not going to, you're not going to hear from me for a month. And I would have been like, okay, cool. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like as consumers, we're conditioned to accept boundaries from businesses all the time. Like an example I use all the time is our dentist. Like if you had a toothache at five 30 on a Tuesday evening, would you DM your dentist and be like, Hey, can you look at this? You know, just this one tooth real fast. And no, of course not. Like you would wait. You would call during business hour. You First of all, you wouldn't even DM them. You would call them because you know your dentist's office does not like work through DMs. You would call them and and then say, hey, I need to make an appointment. And and we wouldn't even say, can you just bill me for one tooth? Like it's going to be an office visit and it's going to be a thing. And, and we would not be mad about that or disappointed and be like, that's what their terms. Like this is how dentist offices work. This is how my dentist office works. And and we move forward and we're not mad and we're not upset. And we're not going to retaliate. And all these other things that we think our clients are going to do to us, we as consumers generally don't do unless we're just super disappointed because you know, we have not been served well. But for the most part, as photographers, that's our goal is just to serve our clients well. Totally. Totally. Okay. So if we have someone listening who is like, I have not set good boundaries. I have not said no. I am drowning in work right now. What are some things that they can plan on for the next season, for the next year, for the next time this comes up? Like, what are some things they can plan ahead for so that they have more space in their schedule, less stress. Like what are, you know, I think there are some building blocks of boundaries you can set in place too. What are some of those for you? What are some of those for your clients? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, And building blocks is a good way to put it. I usually suggest with um, starting with values because we want to get in an intentional place and we want to be, we want to move ourselves from a passive place to an active place. Instead of just passively letting things happen to us and taking things as they come, we want to be very active and forward thinking and intentional so that when things do come, we're prepared, we're ready, we know what's up and, and saying no, we have the confidence to say no because we we're ready for it and, and we've plan for it very intentionally. So starting with values is a good way to do that, to know what we value, to know what we truly want, and and to know what kind of boundaries we need to put around that to protect those values, number one. Number two, start small. If boundaries are new to you, start small. Pick one small boundary, one thing that you can just say today, right now, I'm just going to make this my new policy, my new term, and moving forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then build on that. So like starting small, it might be that you are not going to answer emails after 5 p.m. anymore. Like you're going to turn your um, notifications off or you're going to set an autoresponder from 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. that says, you know, this is not office hours. I will respond during office hours. Or you're going to put your office hours in your email signature or on your website or whatever. But to say, you know, I'm not going to check and or respond to email from 5 p.m. on until the next day. Just start there. And then build on that and maybe add to it and say, well, now I'm only going to check emails on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or I'm going to hire a virtual assistant to check my emails for me, or I'm going to not do emails on weekend, or I'm going to take email off of my phone or whatever. You can build on that once you feel confident in that boundary. And then last but not least, allow yourself grace often. You know, nobody's perfect at setting boundaries and we might be saying, oh yes, I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to say no, it's going to be awesome. And then something comes up and we screw it up and it's like, oh, I should have said no. And yeah, maybe you should have, but don't beat yourself up about it. Learn from the lesson, move forward, 
do better next time. Totally. Totally. And I mean, I think we have the same opinion, but saying like, how do you feel about flakiness? Like someone said yes when they should have said no. Should they just not show up to do the thing they said yes to do? No, of course not. <laughs> like, if you like, if you've said you're gonna do it, then you're gonna you gotta do it. Like, and and so too bad, so sad. You gotta do it now. <laughs> yeah, unless it gets to the point where like your like mental health and well being are in jeopardy. Like, if you're at that point and you just can't do it, I think honesty is important. I think to call up our clients and say, hey. I know I said yes to this, but the thing is, I shouldn't have, and I need to tell you no. And that's that's a hard phone call to make, but ultimately, it's the right one to make. If you just can't do a job, like if you've, like like the example I gave earlier with the timeline with a bride that was trying to cram it all in, I had to make that phone call because initially I had said yes to this crammed timeline. And then when the weather popped up and I knew it was going to be raining, I knew in my gut it wasn't going to work. And so I had to call her back and had to be like, listen, I know that I said that this is going to work. It's not. It's just not going to work. And we need to change this. And and I explained why. But And, and that's a tough one to do. But if, if there does come a time when like your well-being, your mental health, or even the the serve you know the job that you can do for your client if you can't deliver it because you're incapable or you know it's not going to work or you don't know how or whatever and you said yes there are times when you have to make that tough phone call and backtrack and that that I don't think is flakiness if you're being honest be like listen and 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 honesty is something that is so overlooked i think we want to come up with excuses and justification, um, maybe even tempted to lie, but to just be honest and say, I said yes, I shouldn't have. I can't do this, and let's figure it out together. I think that is the best way to not be flaky, but go back and set the boundary that we should have set in the first place. Totally, totally. And looking for a solution together. And sometimes looking for, yeah. there's almost yeah. always a solution for most things if you hit that place. Yes. And and that's where that honesty comes into play again too. Be like, listen, I I said this, I can't do it, but I want to work with you to figure it out. And and just coming from that place of honesty and truthfulness, I think clients are really accepting of that. I think people in general are like, okay, I hear you. Like I appreciate your honesty. Let's figure this out. I would totally. be, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Be like, thank you for telling me and not just ghosting me and not doing what you said, right? Yeah, not ghosting me or or showing up and then doing a shitty job or whatever. Like, thanks, so that we could fix this before it's really a problem. Yeah. Totally. Are there any other building blocks or things that you put in place in your own schedule to protect your time? Well, I think it another building block that's in place is just practice. Like, practice with confidence. It takes practice. It takes doing it a couple times, you know, saying no a couple times, having the boundary accepted a couple of times to be like, hey, okay, this this is going to work out and this is great. And, and when we have that confidence, you know, that can build upon itself and we start to then serve our clients from an even better place. Instead of being resentful and 
and you know burned out and people pleasing because we said yes to something we we can build a confidence in ourselves and say no and then know that we're really centered on what we want to do and and how we want to work and then when we go out to work and do that we do it with such great confidence and and brightness from within that we again serve our clients even better and and love our jobs even more and and make the world a better place totally yeah i agree it is such a practice. And once you get used to doing it and saying no, you realize how much more magnetic it makes you, how much more centered you are, that actually saying no was a really good thing for your business, for yourself, and for the respect that you get from the other party too. Yes, absolutely. And I think I've heard you talk about micro bravery in the past. Um, and and that might be a good way to start to like nothing that has anything to do with your business to just practice little ways of being confident and being brave like a good a good way to practice saying no I think is at the checkout counter like at Bath and Body Works or <laughs> at wherever you're shopping when they're like can I have your email or or even when they say oh what's your email like they don't even ask can I have it they just say what's your email and I just say oh no thank you and and they're shocked because nobody ever says that, but they are supposed to just move on at that point. And so to just practice a simple little no right there, I think is a, is a good starting point. Um, the to say you know to the stranger, I'm not going to give you my personal email, and you don't have to explain it. You just say yeah. thank you. You know, uh, you have to, oh, I just already get too many emails. Oh, I don't. I'm practicing yeah. micro bravery. Oh, all these things. Yeah, no, you know they like, say no, and. What's your email real fast? And you just say, no, thank you. And that's that. And and move on. And so other things, you know, like I was thinking about um, micro bravery the other day, like even going to the grocery store and like buying a random ingredient that you've never used before and trying to figure it out and how to cook with it, like building oh, that fun. confidence. Yeah, just, just fun little things where it's like, okay, I'm going to stretch out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to try to be brave with this and building that confidence and then letting that carry over into our businesses so that we can build the confidence to say no and set our boundaries and set our terms. I mean, you're talking to the queen people pleaser here that's had to do a lot of work (laughs) to not say yes to everything. Like I wouldn't break up with boyfriends I didn't like because I didn't want to have the conversation of being like, I actually don't like you. I would just wait until they hated me and they broke up with me. (laughs) Take away at that, you know, like, yeah, anything to avoid conflict. So those, those small things do add up and make such a big difference when you're learning to say no or when you're learning to even just express what you want and what you don't want. Um, and, and yeah, I actually don't want to go to that restaurant for dinner. Could we go to this other one? Or here's three other options or whatever. Those things do add up. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, okay, so you mentioned that fun is one of your core values. And I think the the alternate side of learning to say no is that you get to put more fun back in your real life and prioritize things in your personal life where I think a lot of people just give away their whole life to their business and their clients. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you are putting in your life now that now are fun and you're really enjoying that you get to set boundaries around and like saying no feels more fun because now it leaves room for these fun things, right? Like what's that look like for you? 
Yeah, well, I think as I've aged, I've become lazier too. And so (laughs) ease is something else I value. And so when a job comes along, I'm like, I ask myself the question, does this feel fun or does this feel easy? And if the answer is no to either one of those, I don't need to take it. Or if it does, then then it's a resounding yes, let's get this booked and let's do it and let's have fun. And so to just ask that question, how can I make this fun? Does this sound fun? How can I make this easier? Does this sound easier? All of those things. It, that's a really great way to guide me through things. So um, something that I've done recently was I um, have been cast in a play. Uh, I did theater in high school. Yeah, I did theater in high school. I was cast in a play. And because I loved doing it then, I've wanted to get back to it for years. And so I just did it. And and I had to set boundaries with my time. It, it turned out to be a little bit more time consuming than I was expecting because it was the the location is an, about an hour away from where I live, and then the practices are two hours and an hour drive. So it takes about four hours every evening, four and a half, depending on if it goes long, in the evenings. Um, and of course, evening time is you know a family time, and and evening time is also shooting time in the fall. And so I had to be very very intentional about balance and boundaries and being like, okay. I've got rehearsal on these two days. I know that I'm already going to be gone on these two days, so I need to figure out how to do my shoots on these days so that that's only two days out of the week that I'm gone. Or um, I know that I don't have shoots on these days and I don't have to leave for rehearsal till 5.30, so I need to figure out dinner that I can cook and eat quickly with my family before I have to leave at 5.30. Or things like that so that I could have this thing that's been really, really fun, like ridiculously fun. I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, but have it in a way that still prioritizes other things like my family and in my business in a way where it all feels really balanced. And it's something that has to be done very intentionally and very openly and honestly. You know, I sat down with my husband um, after I was cast in the play. And I always do this every October, like middle of September, I, I always prep him, manage his expectations, be like, okay, listen, October is coming. Like, remember what October means. And so this time I was like, listen, I need you to just hold on. Like, like let's we just got to ride this way for the next six weeks um, when we've got October in this play to do. And and I just need you to hang with me. And and he would like we've been very open and honest with each other and and communicate a lot. And he even was like at one point, he's like, I don't mean to be an asshole, but I am getting a little resentful. And I was like, OK, well, thank you for telling me. Let's make an adjustment. Like, what do we need to do to make this so that you're not. And it was a simple fix. It was like he was struggling figuring out dinner for him and the boys um, because he doesn't know how to cook very well. And so it's like, okay, well, let me help you with that. Let's let's be intentional about meal planning and let's be intentional about grocery shopping for things and and figuring out so you're not just feeding them hot dogs every night. Like he was he was worried about that. And so it you know, being open and honest and intentional made all the difference in the world for setting these boundaries and prioritizing fun and family in a way that feels really balanced. I love that. And I love that you're doing a play and that you found some real fun ways to add fun into your personal life too. Yeah, it's, it's, I wear a wig and it's a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Wig and lipstick and all the things. Yeah, all the things I definitely don't normally do. Talk about (laughs) bravery out of your comfort zone. Putting that lipstick on is probably the hardest thing. I don't need, I I didn't even own lipstick. I had to go buy it. (laughs) Like, how does this thing work? (laughs) Well, and you have a resource on saying no if people want to dive in more into setting boundaries and 
how to tactfully tell people no so you get your life back. Um, Where can people find that? Yeah, so it's called The Confident Communicator, and it is a formula, so literally a five-part formula where you sit down and kind of fill in the blanks so that when a client is like asking something like, hey, can I just have one image now? just one or two, and you were like, oh, I need to say no, but I don't know how to say no, work this formula. Like walk through each step-by-step and and you'll be able to craft a response where you can say no in a way that's confident. It doesn't feel icky. It sets your terms and and the client will accept it and, and not be confrontational. It's, it just It just settles the emotion from everything and gives a pathway to you know, say no. We know that we don't need to drop our entire workflow to go to this one client, edit one or two of them right now just because they want that. But that's what winds up happening because the alternative is saying, no, we don't know how to do that. At least we know how to drop everything and people please, but we don't know how to say no. And so this formula walks you through that. So you can write that email and set those terms and be confident in it. I love that. All right. Well, make sure you check out Jenna and her confident communicator. How can people find you on the internet, Instagram? Like, where's the best place to connect with you? Instagram is definitely where the party is. So I'm I'm there mostly, pretty much only on Instagram. Email, I've also got a great email list. I'm not a spammy emailer. I usually try to send really, um, you know, one or two or maybe three emails a month of really practical tips for balance and burnout and boundaries and all of those things. Um, But uh, yeah, find me on Instagram. You can go to my bio link website and and the resource for... um, the Confident Communicator is there. I've got some prompts. If you're looking for caption prompts for um, Instagram, there for you. Um, if you wanted to book a discovery call and talk about coaching, you can do that there too. All of that's there. Um, yeah, so that's jennahendersoncoaching.com. Amazing. Well, Jenna, thanks for being on here. Always inspired by um, the way that you show up in the world, the way that you help people hold to their boundaries and their values. So thanks for being here to share that with us. And if you're tuning into the Porchcast, thanks for being here and we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.